of fun uh, listening to all the all all kinds of people asking various questions in terms of uh, how they should live and uh, how they should buy cars from dealers and things like this. That was that was right. very uh, entertaining for me. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't actually want to come in and like ask. And plus for me, uh, like just to give you a little background for myself. Um, I mean, you, you, we we've talked a lot previously uh, already. Um, but w- I did I did get like commercial insurance and all this stuff. And I am uh, kind of mix and matching both Turo and uh, outside of Turo rentals um, right. at this point. And I'm kind of like testing the waters, I guess, as to uh, what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, at this point, I don't have specific questions to ask you anyways. So, because <laughs> yeah, I got the, you know, I, I got the, uh, I, I got all the licenses and all the, um, all the, all the things in, in line. Um, my problems will start probably midsummer. That's when I'll hit you up. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think like uh, you had a lot of valuable um, information to give out. Um, I think the, to me at least the most uh, the most interesting part was that car rental companies don't make money um, that was I think a sh- if, if a lot of people understood what that meant I think that's kind of shocking um, like we're all there like making money on car rentals right from right. if you're reading from the group and everything like that's pretty much what like the business right it's well, not it's selling things. cars if you, yeah. if you listen to the group everybody's making money you know, yes. nobody's, everybody's Facebook life is perfect. Yes. Um, it, and correct. the second thing is, let me, I, I should have really clarified that when I said, uh, what, I, what I said was, uh, car rental companies don't make money. What I, what I really should have said was we're not designed to make money. You know, if we okay. make money, that's great. You know, from a mm-hmm. daily cash flow standpoint, if we're, if we're bringing in, uh, money, that's, that's a cat that that's good. Um, mm-hmm. which it, it works fine if you just, if you can just push mm-hmm. but like the biggest uh the biggest like i guess turnover would be in uh asset acquisition and sales Correct. afterwards yep. yeah um well yeah because i i feel like that's a that's a big that that's a big concept that has to be like sunk in for a lot of people and personally whenever i have like conversations with people uh, here um in montreal and in canon in general um that want to get into this I always ask them one question, like, do you want to make money on this or do you want to drive a better car than you want to? And a lot of people end up with a business model that they want to just drive a better car, right? Whereas yeah. thinking that they want to make money in the process. So, uh, yeah, um, I guess like uh, maybe a couple of questions on that uh, on that front is, um, so, you know, you said that, you know, everybody who has five or more cars, like you're not sharing your car anymore. You're like, you know, you should abide by rules and ideas of uh, of, of rentals. Um, like, how how would you know personally that you're okay with, uh, with with being at five cars? Let's say you have like five leased or financed cars. Like, you're I wouldn't say you're in a good position um, to be a car rental company at that point because you overpaid on everything, right? Yeah, I think like, you know what the way you asked. Um, that question to the people you speak with out there is is probably a better way to, to put it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, is if if you're trying to to create a profit center uh, by mm-hmm. you know, employing multiple vehicles, then that's that's very different than I would like to drive a Porsche and I need people mm-hmm. to help me make that payment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a that's probably a, a better um, definition of the of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when I said, 
when I said five, five or more cars, that's kind of, like I said, that, that's a, that's kind of a line in the sand, you know, it's not, sure, um, of course. it's not hard and fast. You know, if mm -hmm. you're out there with one car and your goal is to make money on this, mm -hmm. um, you can make money with one car. You can, you mm -hmm. can create a, an auto rental mentality with one vehicle. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, it leads me to the point of, uh, every, everybody wants to use this term scale and right. I didn't really touch on this in my presentation. I'd eaten up another mm -hmm. 20 minutes, but it's scaling a rental car company is not what scaling widgets is. You know, if I have mm -hmm. a widget and I make a hundred of them and the cost is a dollar per widget, if I send mm -hmm. them to China and I can make 2000 of them and my cost drops to 40 cents a widget, that's, mm -hmm. that's scaling. That's true mm -hmm. scaling. Um, yeah. If you try to use that mentality in this business, it will eat you. If you believe mm -hmm. that, that per works i think i um, sorry i just if, lost if any, i just lost you between purchase and something and oh works. Yeah, if, you, <laughs> if you if you um if if you believe that purchasing uh even even in to the for the most part um mm -hmm. it's not going to reduce your costs per vehicle now mm -hmm. the way to reduce your costs per vehicle is is by creating these partnerships with vendors it's by reducing your costs insurance finding the right insurance you know, building your entity correctly, um, but you can't reduce vehicle costs simply by having more of them. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's the, the scalability of these these businesses is it's not it's not a tradition. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, they, you know, they, they that's where they lose. You know, they believe if I buy more cars, then I can just replicate what I've done. You know, if I'm making three hundred bucks a month with one. Then I'm going to make three thousand dollars a month with ten. It's that's mm -hmm. just not how it works. You know, um, things get more expensive. If you mm -hmm. make a mistake buying the first car, um, you're probably going to make a mistake buying the second car. If you're paying too much to fix one car, you're probably paying too much to fix ten. Um, mm -hmm. And so that it, it it doesn't extrapolate itself out as well as widgets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's actually quite important. And I feel like a few people kind of realize it in the past year in terms of how hard it is to scale a couple of things like it's one thing you know you're you're on your own let's say you you can rent like easily you know under 10 cars simply you know you may get like a person helping you here and there but you know once you get to 20 30 40 50 200 um you're operating everything you, everything you said in the last 15 seconds was gone mm -hmm. it just it just disappeared Wow. Okay. This is really um, not great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, um, basically, like, let's say a lot of people, I feel, realize that, um, you know, scaling is hard. Like, a lot of people can run, you know, under 10 cars on their own. It's, and you're not doing this full time. You can do this as a second job. Um, maybe you have a person helping you here and there, and that's about it. But then once you get to 2030, you start getting into other problems. Like, um, you know, you kind of probably need a lot at that point of some sort, or at least assigned parking. Because um, what happens if uh, you're downtown and 20 cars come back in the same day? You're like, you have a problem, basically. Um, so that's, I think, one important factor that I want to touch more base with, with more people about scalability. Right. Yeah, I think that I think the biggest question that comes in there, you know, like you said, the the more vehicles you get, you tend to increase costs 
mm -hmm. um, simply because you can't do it anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many hours in the day, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and everybody who does this knows how uh, the wrench that gets thrown into their works. It's never, mm -hmm. it's never easy when a car doesn't have to go on the road. You know, it's always mm -hmm. cars. Don't, I always say cars don't break at noon. You know, mm -hmm. they always, they always break it, you know, five 30 in the afternoon when everybody's mm -hmm. driving around and when you can't get there or they break at three in the morning when you're asleep, they're, they're never convenient. Mm -hmm. And because yeah. we're so, we're so limited by the hours that we have, once you get mm -hmm. over that kind of five car threshold, um, yep. you find yourself that this is no longer a, uh, a hobby. And so mm -hmm. traditionally, usually what I see happening is when people get past that five car mark, if they discard the, uh, the, the tools that are available to those of us who are in the rental car community, they find mm -hmm. themselves, uh, their, their time gets more and more expensive because they get tied up mm -hmm. taking too much time to do things, paying mm -hmm. too much money to get these things done. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, and it, it, you know, it just, it just gets worse. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and things get more expensive. And if you don't have the time to get it done, then you have to hire people to help you with that time. Yep. And so where you were making $300 with your one car, now that you have to pay things that are going on now, maybe you're only making 225 or 210 mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then, so as long as you're like, well, at 210 bucks a car, if I get 10 cars, I'll still make $2,000 a month. Right. And then you run out and you're like, well, I'll just get this $199 a month lease, you know, and, and then I'll reduce some costs over here or, 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 mm -hmm. or people will jump into a, a situation where they're making a lot of money on one car and they'll be like, well, I can afford a couple $399 leases because mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to rent those. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, along with the, the difficulty of scaling it just purely from a, um, an asset standpoint, Mm -hmm. uh, they don't, they don't take into consideration the time, you know, just the mm -hmm. simple time that gets multiplied, you know, it's like having kids. I always, I always thought having two kids would be twice as hard as having one. Um, <laughs> I swear, I mean, having two kids is like six times as hard as having one. I don't, I don't know how the math works, but cars are a lot the same. You know, it's, it's, uh -huh. it's very weird how you would think having four cars is four times harder than having one, but it's, it's mm -hmm. not, it's much, it, it, it's, it is, um, astronomically harder. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you get into like real fleet sizes and you're talking a hundred, 150 cars, if you don't have those things in place to keep yourself, you know, tied down to mm -hmm. policy and procedure, uh, it expense mm -hmm. runs away from you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's actually something that you've, you've touched on, um, briefly, I think is, is the, the policy and procedure segment. I mean, a lot of us just kind of refer to whatever, you know, materials, policies and procedures are, right? Like whatever they say is, is like you, you play by their rules, essentially. And if their rules change, well, you either win or you lose more, right? That's kind of like this, the situation for that I've been seeing a lot lately. You know, the like basically deposits killing a lot of businesses, you know, uh -huh. just people having like dozens of car sittings because... Well, nobody can afford them anymore. Um, but yeah, like in terms of, uh, I guess, how would you how would you go about like you know setting up some sort of procedures? Because, I mean, again, personally, that's been something that's been very daunting for me because I do have like people helping me here and there, um, and it, it this is definitely like sometimes I'm like, hey, well, that's not how you should have done it. This would have been the proper procedure. And I'm thinking based on other businesses I've done is that, yeah, I should definitely have this like in writing in some sort of document and some sort of like 
reference that, okay, if somebody calls you with this problem, well, this is kind of the procedure you should have to be doing. Um, would you have like any guidance in terms of uh, like, in terms of that, like in terms of what would you start with and how would you go about it? Like, because you clearly seem to have it down to a, to a line, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's not something that, you know, you, you don't trip over policy and procedure. And that's kind no, of, like of I said, I'm, I'm a policy and procedure guy. Um, yeah. And the, tragically, there's there's two ways to learn policy and procedure. One of us makes mistakes, mm -hmm. um, and yep. the other one has cost yourself money. Mm -hmm. And so, as soon as you're, um, if you, <clears throat> I always talk a lot about building your model, um, mm -hmm. and your your model is going to is going to dictate how it all works for you. And so, your policy yep. and procedure will kind of chase that model. Um, if you're trying to set something up remote, obviously your policy and procedure is going to chase that. The, um, mm -hmm. you know, the best way to write better policy and procedure is to analyze the policy and procedure you have now. You know, look mm -hmm. at the thing that makes you scratch your head the most, or look at the things mm -hmm. that you stub your toe the hardest, mm -hmm. um, and go from there. It's it's a super broad question. It's it would of be, course. Yeah. you know, uh, it, it's to 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 take a look at policy and procedure without fully you know taking a look at just the data or the analytics mm -hmm. or the the picture of your operations is tough to say and that's where mm -hmm. um that's where the kind of the, the brains of the consulting comes from you know mm -hmm. when i am i'm really good at, at some real generalized answers mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. not because and, and there's always this mindset in the consulting business that i'm not going to tell you what you need to know until you mm -hmm. pay me you know, there's mm -hmm. this pay to play mentality. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's really dangerous in, yeah. I feel, in the consulting business. Um, a lot of the times why I, the reason I don't answer a question specifically is because it, mm -hmm. it may not, it may not work for that person's model. Um, of course. You know, I totally you get, get that. that yeah, mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. you get that question. And usually you don't get that question related to policy and procedure. Every, mm -hmm. not every time, 99% of the time you are getting that question as it relates to vehicle acquisition. Yes. You know, how many, yes. how many times totally. do you see it? what vehicle works well for Turo? And it's mm -hmm. like, you're, you're in the wrong business immediately. Mm -hmm. As soon mm -hmm. as somebody is asking what vehicle works well for Turo, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like what penguin works best for Phoenix, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, <laughs> well, um, I don't, I, any penguin would work really well in Phoenix, assuming yeah. you have, you know, the habitat to keep that thing alive. But if you yeah. think you're just going to, you're going to take your penguin and put it in phoenix without you know policy and procedure for making sure mm -hmm. it's not going to explode from the heat um mm -hmm. then then you, you're already often you know you're, you're just you're often running in the wrong direction you're just running because running sounds mm -hmm. like a good idea mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and like that's for sure that's one of the i think most popular questions and the ones that is kind of like i think the hardest to answer specifically is you know what kind of car works the best for you that's i think like you know, you've mentioned, actually, you've touched something about classes. And personally, well, that's, that's kind of what I found, I guess, is um, depending on your market, there are specific types of classes that would work better. You know, if we're just, let's say, touching uh, markets that have more snow or more mountains, um, the class of, you know, as some sort of SUV with four-wheel drive, um, you know, cars would work better right then like some sort of subcompact that's kind of like i'm obviously i'm general generalizing yeah, a lot yeah, yeah. Your, your reasoning is is solid mm -hmm. yeah so i guess that's like kind of uh what you would like do in terms of research is like okay what the what do people want in terms of in terms of that market right if you're in a high density city you'd probably want to go in like 
compact subcompact, right? Instead of going into these like uh, four-wheel drive SUVs, because probably the market is not needing them, because you're just running around errands in the city and you need easy parking and uh, low fuel efficiency, or high fuel efficiency actually. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, but like, okay. So, what would what would be, I guess, your first like step? Let's say you're going. I mean, you've moved recently, right? Like, I think yeah. a year or two ago. Yeah, what was your kind of like seventeen? September seventeen. Yeah. So it's like me. It's been a year and a half or something. And you've you had nothing on on the city that you moved in, right? Like. Oh yeah, we we got there and there was I had nothing but an idea. Mm-hmm. How would like. A, Obviously, generally speaking, like how would you how how did you go about like figuring out okay what is gonna work in uh, I, sorry I forgot which city you're in right now uh, like Charlottetown Char- Char- yeah Charlotte North Carolina Charlotte um, North so yeah. what I, here's what I did I, uh, mm-hmm. I I I got I got aggressive um, and I used my knowledge and I guessed um, mm-hmm. I knew for sure that an economy car market you know I surveyed some stuff on Turo out there as to what was mm-hmm. available. And so the first mm-hmm. thing I did was I looked at what was available, um, and I looked at what was not necessarily a price leader, but yep. um, I looked at what was available and what was working. So I looked at cars mm-hmm. that had a bunch of trips. Um, I looked yep. at cars that were affordable, and I looked mm-hmm. at cars that were in my immediate vicinity. And so mm-hmm. I figured as, uh, as long as they're in my immediate vicinity, then this tells me something I can do directly from the house. I don't have to start transporting anything yet. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The one car I had when I got there uh, was a 2016 uh, Challenger, a scat mm-hmm. pack. You know, this is a, it's a $40,000, 500 horsepower muscle car. And well, it's yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very specific um, car. You know, it's, yeah. nobody's going after that thing to drive back and forth to work. So, no. you know, I'm, I'm not going to be the 20 or $30 a day guy. At the same no. time, it's not a Ferrari so I'm mm-hmm. not going to be the $200 a day guy. Um, mm-hmm. So I put it out there with some rates and just tried to see what it would do. At the mm-hmm. same time, I bought something that was at the other end of the spectrum. I went out and I bought a car I was familiar with, a 2016 mm-hmm. Ford Fiesta. Um, mm-hmm. I bought it from Hertz. Um, I paid too much money for it, you know, because it, it was mm-hmm. at the time I had to I had to get a car and I needed it to be reliable. I needed it to be uh, fairly new with lower mm-hmm. mileage. And I needed it to be something that I wouldn't have to chase at two o'clock in the morning. So mm-hmm. that's important, um, actually. Yeah, that's... I went out and I paid I paid uh-huh. eighty nine hundred dollars for a car that I would have paid probably seventy five or maybe eight grand mm-hmm. uh, in the Springs in Colorado mm-hmm. Springs. Um, mm-hmm. So I paid nine grand for the car. Uh, you know, I had to make a spare key for it. Uh, it needed two tires. It was just you know it, it kind of. It got a little heavy. I think I was probably ninety five hundred bucks in it, and it was, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was probably a you know fifteen hundred bucks more than I really needed to put into a car. But because I didn't have connections out there, um, mm-hmm. I wasn't confident. I, anyway, about heading out to the auction out there yet. You know, I didn't know the land. Right. The land. I just needed something that was a safe bet, mm-hmm. um, and that car was a safe bet. Uh, I put it out and I, I started renting it, and immediately it started getting reservations. And mm-hmm. then I started experimenting with the airport market and I started mm-hmm. figuring it out from there. So um, <clears throat> it all came from an educated guess. Being, a, being a member of the auto rental community for so long, it wasn't difficult for me to have an idea as to what was going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I, started, when I started building the fleet from there, uh, mm-hmm. the next thing I bought was a, um, uh, a Mercedes, a CLA mm-hmm. Mercedes. 
because mm-hmm. uh, I wanted a, I wanted a cheap, I wanted a car I could buy for less than 20 grand. Um, that was somewhat entry level luxury. So I could see what the Charlotte market thought of that. The Charlotte, you know, Charlotte yeah. market is, it's a very affluent market. There are a lot mm-hmm. of people in Charlotte that have a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. Particularly in the southern part of the city, which is where we live right outside of. Uh, there's a lot mm-hmm. of tech there. There's a lot of people that are making big money. And so mm-hmm. my idea was that these people might want something, you know, loaner car between, you know, when their car was in, getting worked mm-hmm. on, you know, when they were, when they just needed something to run around. Um, mm-hmm. it's, there's a fairly large millennial crowd there. So I thought mm-hmm. if I could get involved in that, um, it'd be a good place. Well, I, I, yeah. I guessed completely wrong. That that CLA went on the road almost every day from the airport. People that were flying in loved that car. Mm. And then I started to realize there was a, a local market that was also interested in that car. Um, mm-hmm. So I started, I started tailoring my cars to see if I, could, if I could ride that fence between the airport and the local market. And ultimately, mm-hmm. that is where I ended up. Um, mm-hmm. was, was trying to ride the fence. And um, probably half my rentals come from the local market and half my rentals come mm-hmm. from the airport. Um, and so mm-hmm. right now with that same mindset, I'm just experimenting with what does and doesn't work. We've got, mm-hmm. you know, I think 17 cars that are live right now. Truthfully, there's 20, there's 19 that are live, but two of mm-hmm. them I keep priced very high so that I can use them right. for my own personal use. Um, but yeah, and so the, 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 the question, you know, what, what did I do to, to create mm-hmm. that the, the populace of cars that I have there, it really mm-hmm. just jumped off from that, that initial thought of what already works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, you, you mentioned something super important. I think a lot more people should be doing is you have to research what your market is, what do they want and what's, you know, what's in there. I think probably one of the funniest ways of, of looking at it is if we look at uh, Sean Park's fleet and uh, Nick Sorrentino's fleet, um, if you swap these two guys around, they would both fail immediately because they're in so such... I'm sorry, say, say it again, they cut out right in the middle. Yeah, um, so if we, let's say if we take two, um, if we take Sean Parks' fleet of, um, you know, really entry-level uh, American cars for Detroit suburbs, um, and we swap that with uh, like the high-end uh, market of uh, Nick Sorrentino's and Reno Tahoe, um, both of them would go under like in a, in a matter of months because they're just well, not the cars for the yeah, market. I, would, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that you'd be looking at them going under. I think that you would if you're gonna if you're gonna bring cars into a market where they don't belong. You have to do mm-hmm. two things. You have to change the. Um, <clears throat> You're gonna obviously you're gonna have to go after some kind of pricing situation mm-hmm. uh, to get yourself more competitive with what's in the marketplace, um, and at the same time you you probably are going to have to adjust some fleet mix stuff. It would be you know it's it, it doesn't guarantee failure to have the wrong cars in the wrong place, but it certainly makes stuff more difficult. So I, mm-hmm. I mean I understand your point. Your point is totally correct uh, in that it would be a much more difficult marketplace, but. Um, the market, like I said, the market will tell you what it wants. And if you keep beating the market with the wrong cars, it's going to be a tough road to hoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like researching is extremely important, like going in and understanding, you know, like you said, like Absolutely. you've looked at like what kind of people live in your neighborhood, what kind of people, like how far are you from the airport and how can you make it work? Um, and then what kind of people would want a car from the airport? And such, you know, so I, th- I think like 
it really boils down to like researching and like taking it easy one step at a time and seeing kind of what um you know what works and what doesn't and just keep replicating um what i guess other people have done already because a lot of research has been done like if you don't want to spend like you know 20 30 hours researching which car would work best you know um you can just pick up the top holes in your area and see what he's doing I think that's like a kind of a good starting point for, for a lot of people. Yeah, a, re- a very smart method is to do what's already being done, but just do it better. You know, go yeah. look at, and that's that's ultimately all, what I'm doing in my market is, uh, in all my markets really, is I, I have a similar product to what's being offered, but I, I found the shortcomings of my fellow hosts in that area. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I have kind of a unique situation. So, because my acquisition costs for vehicles are lower, mm-hmm. uh, and I have a and I have a, a pretty good model for getting them out of my ownership. You know, if I mm. if, uh, if I make yes. a mistake, I have a, an easy way to sell my mistake. So the worst mm-hmm. thing that happens is I buy a car, and then I sell a car. Now mm-hmm. I like to believe that I'm able to buy cars. There's there's a few things I'm good at, and one of them is is finding cheap cars. I'm good at buying cars for good money. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, usually when I get out, uh, I won't get into a car if I, if I don't feel like I can get out of the car. Uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, if I buy a, this Mercedes is a great example. Uh, this yeah. newest, uh, the Mercedes I put on the page, a little convertible mm-hmm. SLC. If I, if I can't make that car rent, I can sell that car for what I have in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and feel pretty confident that if I have to walk away from a thousand dollars, I can get out from underneath the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So because I have kind of a special situation, I can test things in a different manner. Um, mm-hmm. I can go, I can go head to head with somebody who's a, who's a, you know, a trip leader in the area and, and pick their model apart, figure out what they don't want to do and then do that. And then mm-hmm. take the things that they do do and do those better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think like that's probably the other like next big question is like, how do you make an exit strategy? Because that's something you've really kind of like touched upon. Um, one, like obviously one of the exit strategies that I think um, a lot of us should be considering is having a traditional rental car service. That's for one, because it is something super important that you have to like, what if something happens to Tyrol tomorrow and you can only rent cars that are over $30 a day. And, what do you do? Pretty much, you're 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 pretty much stuck out of it if all all you're doing is shooters, right? Yeah. If the, um, if, the, if yeah, there's I mean, there's a million examples of the ways mm-hmm. that Turo, Turo could go sideways. Um, and like I like I said in the presentation, I think they've already tipped their hand a bit, and they've shown us mm-hmm. what they're going to do. They're they're yep. going to make the market, uh, the platform as palatable at, to the to the customer as they mm-hmm. can. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're working to reduce the amount of money that we can take that is over and above what a customer would expect. And I alluded to this years ago in our forums that um, the, the numbers, if you're collecting $3 a mile, you need to do it while you can because that's going to go away. Um, it's so far beyond the norm of what customers expect from a rental car that mm-hmm. it's going to bug them out. And so what, what Turo's trying to do is they, you know, if, if a... Uh, if a traditional rental car model is a baseball, Turo is going to build a softball. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be different. There will be some noticeable differences. Maybe softball is not right. Maybe they're going to be a tennis ball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's going to be some noticeable differences. But all in all, it's still a ball. 
You know, right. you could hit a baseball with a, a, a tennis racket and you could hit a tennis ball with a baseball bat uh, right. and, and get a similar result. Um, mm-hmm. So for people who are who are really relying on those outlying fees, you know, if you were just killing it in smoking charges, they've rolled those mm-hmm. back. If you were crushing yep. it in miles, they've rolled those back. If late fees was your thing, they've rolled that back. Um, it, it's uh, every aspect of what we can do is gradually being squeezed off. So these areas where, you know, the, your, your profit, if we can talk about a profit margin mm-hmm. um, on a car is already pretty small. There's, there's, not mm-hmm. a lot of, there's not a lot of money to be made on Turo or anywhere else in time and mileage. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if I say, let me, let me say it correctly. <clears throat> the percentage of, of markup you can have for profit on time and mileage is considerably lower than the percentage of markup you can have on a smoking fee. Even to this right. day, the $150 smoking charge, if you own a machine, you can clean it out yourself if it's really, really bad, you have to go drop, uh, you know, maybe an interior detail, shampoo, and your own smoking fee, yeah, or your own smoking machine on it. Mm-hmm. And maybe your cost is hard cost is 100, 120 bucks. So you're still getting that, you know, that yeah. 50% profit margin, 30% profit margin. You would not see that on time and mileage on a car. Um, Never. Gradually, no. slowly, they're going to begin to massage that back. All of those aspects where our biggest profit margin is, is the exact same area that customers are most turned off by Turo. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to make it, they want their ball to look like everybody else's um, and they want to be able to play in the same field. So of course they're going to, they're going to make it as palatable as they can for the customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the customer is the one paying, right? That's why we're right, all making right. that money in the first place. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. And so basically, and th- that's, that's some, somewhere where you've touched as well is that most of your profits uh, are going to be coming in from like, you know, upsells on your traditional uh, rental car business, right? Like if you're on upselling like collision waiver or things like, like, I don't know, like extra seats or I don't know what else you're, you're, you're selling there. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a good tangent. I'm sorry. That's a, that, that's a good correlation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a good, um, it's a strong area for a, a good Turo host to, to realize where they, should, where they should be playing. The extras field mm-hmm. is kind of the um, incremental sales. That, mm-hmm. you know, the, the markups there are, are, are the places where you can stay true. Um, mm-hmm. The problem is the limitations that we have right now are only moderately interesting. Um, they're either mm-hmm. moderately interesting or they're not explored deep enough. Um, mm-hmm. You know, or for for extras, you know, most people have their cleaning charge in there. Um, mm-hmm. They might have a. Uh, there's a couple folks out there that have put. You know, the, they're they're putting some additional mileage on there as an extras. Yep. Um, to try to keep that alive, you know. Um, there's some drops type stuff that can be put in there. I think mm-hmm. I think really, if you're going to go ahead and try to keep yourself in a real profitable model, using those extras is going to be key. And it's not just going to be key for, um, for the basic stuff. The interesting stuff is there, too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the hosts out there have put on their random stuff that they send out with their cars. You know, I know there's some beach people that put beach chairs and, I mean, sunscreen. Mm-hmm. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, there's some crazy shit that people are putting out there. And honestly, yeah. a lot of this stuff is, is probably working very well. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, a, it's an arena that, 
that if you haven't touched on that, that could be a good place to make back the money that Turo is gradually whittling away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that's like, it's, they, they give pretty much like white card in terms of what you can put on there also. You know, yep. like you, you, you're like, whatever you want. Like you want a picnic basket. Like that, that was probably one of the oddest things that I've seen there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you're renting a car and you get a, a picnic basket for 10 bucks like what <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so um yeah definitely i think that's like an area that's kind of underexplored and because it's so new that's like also another opportunity for for a lot of us to 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 dig deeper um also something i've realized renting it from, from renting a car recently was uh they really force you to look at the extras you can't just like check out without selecting no, yeah. I don't want any extras that's written in teeny, teeny, tiny all the way at the bottom of the scroll list, right? So you really, like, they're really on, this, on the forefront of, uh, you know, upselling all these things. Um, I guess, like, smoking extra is going to be one of them very soon. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. that's, um, <clears throat> it, it, definitely. <laughs> that's, a, that's one of those things that, that could become a problem in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So I think I mean I think we kind of run around a lot of these uh, a lot of these questions and, and and things that I want to add on top of your presentation. I mean I don't want to replace it, obviously. Um, so yeah, I guess like if, one thing we really haven't discussed was like how do you mix and match Turo and your rental car like business? Because a lot of people, let's say, would you know start up um, their own rental car and how do you like sync calendars and do this and like a, a whole like there's a whole fleet of problems that are coming in with this afterwards do you just do like I've, basically what I've heard so far was some people just do like one set of cars on one platform another set of cars on another platform some of them use like mix and match and use either like car sync or street smarts to you know get those going um, but you know like you probably be using some sort of like rent centric software or something like this for for the car rental itself and how would you, how do you like deal with uh, like making sure things are working well on both sides i guess that would well, be we, mm-hmm. we tend to be um, we have to be fleet specific um, because the way the, the the way our model is set up in Charlotte, uh, I mm-hmm. only run on Turo. In Denver, okay. I only run on Turo and on uh, Get Around. Okay. Um, and and Drift. Um, mm-hmm. In Colorado Springs, we only run rental cars and Turo. So mm-hmm. we have we don't have a lot of cross pollination going on. So okay. specifically, the the one let me, let me the two places we do have this cross pollinating going on in Colorado Springs, we have specific fleet. So I have specific cars we leave on Turo, and I have specific cars that we rent. Um, mm-hmm. Now, when it gets busy, we'll allow those to cross over where mm-hmm. we will rent a Turo vehicle to our regular public if mm-hmm. certain circumstances are met. You know, So if we can check okay. off certain boxes, it hasn't mm-hmm. gone out in this long, there's no pending reservation for this long, then we'll shoot it over. Uh, the mm-hmm. same thing happens for rental cars that we put on Turo. Um, however, since we have a specific remote setup for our rental car or i'm sorry for our turo vehicles there's a bit of an expense that's involved and a little bit of brain damage in getting mm-hmm. a rental car to turo going uh-huh. the other way is much easier just because of our policies and procedures mm-hmm. but if we if we talk about denver um we have our turo vehicles and our get around vehicles now right now hassle-free mm-hmm. cars handling those cars in denver and they are working on uh becoming with their software becoming compliant enough with the get around setup to where they can mm-hmm. manage cross platform situations. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Now, you know, Street Smarts helps out with that. We don't use Street Smarts for any uh, across uh, anything that crosses a platform, but we do use them for messaging. Um, mm-hmm. Eventually, we will we'll have to have a platform, something like Street Smarts, uh, you know, or continuous Street Smarts, uh, to get those vehicles so we don't have any dual, you know, some duplicate bookings mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. between Get Around and Turo because those will be going from the same location. Now, Drift yeah. is its own situation. I have a special deal with Drift out there because I'm a dealer and a rental car company. They came mm-hmm. to me specifically and said, hey, have you got some cars we can use? So we sent cars mm-hmm. to them. We have an agreement with them for certain cars. So those cars mm-hmm. are only on their platform. Um, mm-hmm. Currently, we're set. We've got um, probably 20 cars that are staged, uh, meaning they're just daily rentals right now, but they're staged to be added to get around. Should that start working? Should that model start kicking off? They, you know, they just fired up in Denver, so nobody really knows mm-hmm. what to expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we have another 20 cars that are staged, ready for hire car, um, assuming we can come to grips with, uh, you know, we have some meetings with those guys set up and some things that we're trying to get uh, handled. You know, we don't, mm-hmm. we don't want to be in a situation where our claims are getting forgotten about, where our customers aren't paying, where we're not seeing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if, it, if it takes too much for us to manage it, mm-hmm. um, you know, then it, it takes away. You know, I mean, the average... The average take on a higher car rental is, you know, I'd say it's probably six fifty to seven hundred bucks a month. But you got to allow mm-hmm. you know, four or five thousand miles a month on those cars. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we can't, we can't, we can't just ingest that without knowing that we're not going to have any additional expenses going there. Um, mm-hmm. And then that'll that'll increase our problems with your question of of how to manage the fleet where they go. But because of the situation we have, because it's kind of a unique situation being a rental car company. When they come to us, they come to us in a different way than the way they come to, you know, a regular guy that just has a car. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they're, they're more, um, they, they'll bend a little more with their expectations for uh, what kind of car, how, how, how everything should look, how the partnership should look. Um, mm-hmm. But the one thing that's for sure with the way we handle them is at this point, for the most part, our vehicles are, are platform specific. We don't cross them over because, uh, well, number one, we don't have to. You know, we have mm-hmm. the, we have the cash flow from these from our regular rental car business. It doesn't require that because I only have five cars and I have you know and I need more uh, uh, utilization on those cars. Mm-hmm. I have to mm-hmm. cross. You know, I have to allow them to book across platforms. Um, and the uh, the second reason we don't is because it would you know the the amount of brain damage it would create uh, would kind of run us out of the realm of profitability. You know, if we have to right. hire more people to manage mm-hmm, them, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it, at this point it wouldn't make sense down the road. It might, but at this point it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like you're, you're coming back, like you're looping back to the fact that like people are expensive, like one of your biggest costs. And I think that's something you haven't talked so much is probably employees and people making, you know, handling things and, you know, making perhaps mistakes because they're not familiar with, let's say, get around because they usually work on Turo cars or things like this, you know, car right. vice versa. Um, and I think that's like a, like, obviously you're, you're at a way higher level than, than most people will be at this point. But, you know, it's even, even if you're hiring your first employee part-time, it's something you have to consider. You know, are, are you are you putting that person exclusively to do specific jobs or you're having like, oh, yeah, do everything. And like you may know how to do everything, but that person may have no idea what's going on, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I feel like that would be one of the best ways is, is what you're saying, like, you know, mixing like just, you know, your handling get around. This is these cars are for get around only and, you know, moving forward 
based on based on demand and obviously check boxes like you mentioned which would be you know like you said um, you know availability and uh, like surcharge for some cases you know it, it makes sense but like on a daily basis you may not want 99% utilization rate you know based from 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 the video you've made last year i think you're aiming between i believe if i'm not mistaken like 60 and 80 or so because yeah, you do want some in the rental car biz <laughs> for me anyway 80% is kind of the magic number you know mm -hmm. if we're 100% utilized i i really have a problem with that cuz that that just means we didn't we didn't get enough money you know, mm -hmm. um, we, we need to make sure we're getting the rate. And if all your cars are on the road, you should ask for more money from somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, cool. All right, well, thank you so much, Sean, for, for taking the time with you. Um, I mean, I believe you do uh, offer uh, consulting for people who are uh, interested in bringing that to a new level in terms of either Turo loan or, um, you know, Turo and, uh, and, and, and rental car business. Uh, where, can they, where can they find uh, more about that and how can they get in touch with you perhaps? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, there's multiple ways to get a hold of me. Obviously, I'm, I'm easy to find on Facebook and uh, any of the, the groups, the forums I'm there. Uh, my email address, uh, I'm sure you'll share with uh, this information, Sean yep. at CSUC. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to put my cell phone number out there. It just makes mm -hmm. uh, you know, of course, it, no problem. not because I don't want to get blown up. I mean, getting blown up is one thing, but if, you know, when somebody calls and you're in the middle of dinner, it's really tough to have a, an educated conversation with them. And it's also mm -hmm. difficult to not sound like a jerk. You know, it's like, you know, don't call me right now. So, um, I want to be able to have time to spend with people when they, when they call me. So, um, mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, the email, is is great i generally will push people uh from the facebook pages to the dm uh over to my email so that uh you know my dm is kind of where i can i can quantify their needs and figure out what i can mm -hmm. do for them and as if if they need me um mm -hmm. you know once i send them my email address then that's kind of where my calendars live uh, that's mm -hmm. where i get people involved and in, in what time of day we're going to do something and, and uh, go mm -hmm. from there so those are probably the best two ways to get a hold of me um the uh you know the email address is is it's it's uniformly the easiest way to make sure you get in front of me. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's the, that's the best contacts right now. Um, you know, I've got a I've got a website, but it's just it's it's generic and it just doesn't work as well, uh, particularly for me getting contact back to you mm -hmm. as my email address does. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So I'll uh, I'll definitely drop that in in the uh, in the description uh, below uh, somewhere there, and uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time with me, and uh, thank you also so much for you know bringing out that presentation. I feel like that would probably one of the most valuable ones, um, if anything, to realize for a lot of people that we're not sharing our car, that we're actually a car rental company for most who are present there. <laughs> right. That, right. That, that. <laughs> Um, and, you know, there, there's, we, we also met this guy, I think, um, he has like, he, he shares 264 cars or something. Um, you know, he, he, he just loves, you know, the sharing economy as a whole. Right. So <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a different, uh, different approach. Yeah, so it's yeah, to, it's tough to share 260 of anything. It's, I don't, I don't know anybody who's sharing 260 of anything that isn't in the business of anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Sean. Okay, so um, otherwise, any any closing words that you want to you want to share, or um, that would be pretty much the end of it. Yeah. No, I think I, I think there's there would be two things I would touch on. Uh, number one is just the three rules. Uh, these are kind of the mainstay in in, in any in any counseling or con, uh, consulting that I do with folks is, is mm -hmm. number one the you know your market is going to tell you what it wants. The market dictates the metric. If you are out buying cars because you like them, that's a problem. 
you know, the second part of the rule is you have to prove your model. Uh, make sure before you go out there and you do anything that that is going to work. I mean, at least have an, an educated guess on it. Uh, you know, look before you leap is the best way to put it. Uh, mm -hmm. And then number three on that is um, make sure you have an exit strategy. You know, make sure you mm -hmm. have a way to get out, not just of the business, but of that that vehicle or that decision. Mm -hmm. If you mm -hmm. if you don't picture how you're going to get out of it, you're going to be stuck in a situation where you you rapidly are put into a uh, a, a picture that I can best describe as, um, you know, you're just pushing a rock up a hill. You know, mm -hmm. it gets to the point, and this happens to a lot of folks where they go out, they invest in this model, they get some cars, they get some some leases, and then they're pushing the rock. Uh, you know, when you're pushing that rock up the hill, and all of a sudden utilization goes down, rates go down, your cars are sitting. You know, these deposits, something happens on Turo that changes the previous metrics you've experienced. You don't have a lot of choices. If you didn't think about an exit strategy, now you can't sell these cars. You know, you have eight cars that you can't sell and you can't rent, and now you can't afford. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, the the point I also made, the, the second aspect of what I'm talking about, uh, the point I made at the the conference is, um, don't die quietly. You know, this ego's a ego's a bear, and it'll eat you alive. Um, mm -hmm. If you need assistance, you have to reach out. Uh, I'd yeah. like to believe that I am one of those sources that people can reach to. And uh, tragically, I think uh, one of the gentlemen at the conference brought up the point that the people that need me the most can afford me the least. Um, and that's a sad, that's a sad statement. You know, it's, mm -hmm. and the problem is because when people have money, they don't think as hard as when they don't have money. People mm -hmm. will go to amazing lengths, amazing lengths to keep from losing once they've already lost, mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, once they, once the sky is all blue and you know, there's no clouds, it's what could possibly go wrong mindset just, mm -hmm. just sets them up for failure. And when they reach that failure, they generally will go down quietly and they won't throw up a flag to say, Hey, I need help. So mm -hmm. don't die quietly. Call somebody yeah. that's not me, you know, call somebody uh, that you know. And if you do call me and I mean, let me know. Uh, I, I, I want to speak candidly about everything that's going on with your business because I've been there. I've, I've, I've found the almost failure point in rental car. You know, the success is, is elusive in this business. And like we talked about before, I mean, just a, from a cash flow standpoint, this business can be quite lucrative. It can also be terrifying. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you have to look for the resources and use them when you find them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And like basically communicating, I guess, with others, like, if anything, your mistake should be a learning curve for someone else. Right, right. Yeah, and you have to, yeah, I mean, to that point, be careful with uh, the echo chamber situation that's created by all these Facebook groups um, and elsewhere. When you get in a group of people who know about what you know and you just start chanting to each other the same thing, if you say it mm -hmm. enough times, it becomes true. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, when people start falling back on, uh, on falsehoods and fallacies that are created by those around them who don't know much more than they do. Uh, you know, you see it all the time. You see it all the time in the group. You could go through any five posts and you'll see the same people going up there talking about what they think, mm -hmm. uh, what they think to be right. Uh, a lot of times those, what they think to be right things are created by, you know, the Facebook persona, you know, everything's mm -hmm. perfect here. How come it's not perfect there? Uh, right. Or these things are just based on an opinion that's not founded in anything. Mm -hmm. or a best case scenario it works in their market and doesn't in someone else yeah right yeah. 
Mm -hmm. Great. Well, um, thank you so much for, for this time. I mean, we actually went on for almost 50 minutes at this point. So you're, you're probably going to hold the, the, the record of the longest uh, longest podcast on this one. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for, thanks for getting me involved, yeah. Philip. Um, of course. You know, yeah. I'm a resource, so if people need me, get a hold of me. This is, this, it doesn't have to be as hard as they're making it. No, no, definitely, definitely.